0: of God. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, Right now, I'm losing that. Stood on the stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. Right Right now, oh, right now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring. I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now. I know you're able and I don't care. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. Little faith To move a mountain Good thing Little faith is all I have Right now God, when you choose To leave mountains unmovable will oh, give me the strength To be able to see I know you're able And I know
1: Good morning. We are Mark and Rebecca Phillips. We are church planners with OMF International and plan to serve among the Esang people in Northeast Thailand. Currently, we are in training and waiting for international orders to open.
2: We're grateful you've joined us, in person or online, as we gather to honor the Lord. For those of us who belong to Jesus, we know that God is at work shaping us into the image of His Son. As a church, we seek to become more like Jesus as we gather for life-changing worship, grow through life-changing truth, and go in life-changing mission. If you're interested in learning more about CBC, we invite you to contact one of our staff, or you can go to our website, cypressbible.org, for more information.
1: Before we begin our time of worship, we want to share a couple of important announcements. First, we want you to know that we live in joyful anticipation of what God will do in ministry at CBC going forward. We are uncertain when the kids will return to campus, but we want to begin the process to prepare for that time. Kids Life wants to invite you to be a part of that process in welcoming children back to campus. Our mission is to meet children where they are and help them become more like Jesus. In this changing world, we live out this mission to our children like never before. You can be a part of this, and for more information, contact Nancy Moore at the church office. Someone from our staff will get back with you.
2: Also, as part of our worship this morning, we celebrate communion. For those present with us, if you did not pick up the elements on the way in, please do so now. The individual cups are available on tables in the Commons. There are two tabs. The first holds the bread. The second tab uncovers the cup. Those of you at home can prepare your elements and join us in remembering the sacrificial death of Jesus later in our service.
1: As we begin our time this morning, we want to set our hearts on the glory of God. We want to take a look at a passage in Isaiah which reminds us of the glory and never-ending endurance of the Lord God and the strength we, His people, receive from Him. This is what the prophet says in Isaiah 40, 28-31, Do you not know? They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. We invite you to join us now as we lift our praise to the everlasting God.
3: Can we stand together this morning as we worship the everlasting
0: God? Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our song. As we wait Wait upon the Lord, Lord. wait upon the Lord, Lord. wait wait upon the Lord Lord our God. God. You reign forever, our hope. We wait we wait the everlasting the God. The we everlasting God. rises. The everlasting God. praise this morning be blessed be honored what we sing to you receive our praise even though I walk through the valley shadow of death your perfect love is casting out fear and even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life I won't turn back I know you are near and I will fear no evil For my God is with me And if my God is with me Whom then shall I fear? Whom then shall I fear? I come on, sing it with us. Oh no, you never let Oh no, you never let go In every high and every low Oh no, you never let go Lord, you never let go of me And I can see a light And I can see a light That is coming for the heart that holds on A glorious light beyond there will be an end. And there, there will, will be, be an end, end to these troubles. troubles. But until until that, that day comes, we'll, we'll live to know, know we'll you here on, on the earth. earth. And I will fear no, evil. We'll fear no evil. For my God is with me. And if my God is with me. Go, oh no, you never let go. Lord, you never let go. Keep on saying and you never let go. Well, sing it up. Sing Oh no, you never let go. Through the calm and through the song. Oh no, you never let go. Every high and every low. Oh no, you never let go. Lord, you never let go. Me. If I can see a light that is coming for the heart that holds on, there will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you, still I will praise life, thanks coming for the heart that holds on. There'll be in end to these troubles, but until that day comes, still I will praise you, still I will praise you. Now let your voice reach the heavens. Oh no, you never let go. Through the calm and through the storm Oh no, you never let go In every high and every low Oh no, you never let go Lord, you never let go of me One more time Singing Oh no, you never let go Through the calm and through the storm Oh no, you never let go in every high and every low. Oh no, you never let go. Lord, you never let go of me. Lord, you never let go of me. First Corinthians
4: 3.11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Right now, the uncertainty of our circumstances can feel like the only certainty that we have every day. Because of this, it can be really easy to lose sight of the Lord. As Christians, we must remember that our only hope is on the foundation that is Jesus Christ. When our lives have no normalcy at all, we can remember that He is our one solid rock that will never change. Our next song is called Build My Life, and it's all about the greatness of our God and and knowing where our foundation lies. In the bridge, the lyrics state, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. We as a church know that if we place our faith, hope, and trust in Jesus Christ, build our lives on him as our unshakable foundation, and fully submit to him, he will do things in us and through us, both as individuals and as a church body, that can never be done on our own. So as we sing this next song, Let's rejoice in the unfailing foundation that is Jesus Christ.
0: He is worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Sing it to him this morning. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, we live for you. Sing it to his name. Jesus, the name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever say, you're worthy worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you lord we live for you you are holy holy there is no one like you there is none beside you. open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. We praise you, Jesus. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one that could ever say. And I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken, and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. in you alone and I will not be shaken and holy there is none beside me there is none beside open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart build my life, I will build my life.
5: Hi church family. For those who don't know me, I'm Amanda Buxton and I have been attending CBC for about six years now with my husband Danny and our three kids, uh, Emma is eight and our twin boys Zach and Everett who are five. I was asked to make this video to share my recent experience with COVID-19. On Tuesday, June 9th, I woke up with little congestion, thought it was just allergies, so I went about my day as normal. It wasn't until that evening that I started feeling achy and tired, and I took my temp and it was 99.1. I was pretty uncomfortable that night, uh, and the next day uh, I stayed home from work, tired with headaches and a low-grade temp that stayed around 100.4. I had body aches and chills, and I thought, This is a mild flu or a summer cold, and there's no way that this is the dreaded coronavirus. Uh, But out of precaution, I called and scheduled a visit with my doctor. I had a video chat with her on Thursday morning, and she agreed with me. She thought it was just a sinus infection. But again, out of caution, she scheduled me a COVID test for the following morning. Uh, Danny drove me the next morning to go get the nasal swab dunks. We had heard it was quite uncomfortable, which actually to my surprise, it turned out to be not that terrible. Um, the rest of that day I was feeling pretty good. Um, I didn't have headaches. My temp was back down to normal and I just felt tired and congested, congested. Um, I went to bed that night thinking, oh, my test is going to come back negative because I feel fine. Uh, This can't be the Corona. But to my surprise, I woke up Saturday morning to an email that had come through at one o'clock in the morning with positive results for COVID-19. My initial reaction was an emotional one. I was worried about the coworkers I had been around. I was worried about um, our kids' teachers at their summer camps. And I was also concerned about my parents that had visited a week and a half earlier. Um, the directive from my doctor was to stay in my room, um, quarantined from the family and if I come out to wear a mask and to scrub my hands really well and to avoid hugs, snuggles and kisses with the little ones, which was, I'd say the hardest part, it was dodging their hugs whenever they would forget. I'm glad our kids are old enough to understand why I was pulling away from them. Danny had to shift into Mr. Mom and Super Dad mode, and I was worried about his endurance in keeping that up, but he really stepped up and uh, took it all in stride. My sadness and worry about the situation was quickly wiped away by the outpouring of love from family and neighbors who stepped up to provide our family with meals. It was hard to accept the help sometimes, but I was so grateful, it was amazing. After a week, I realized that keeping my door closed to the kids was going to be impossible to maintain, so we got creative and put some blue tape on the floor just inside my door so they could have a visible boundary of just how far they could safely come in and talk to me. We found ways to spend time with one another by playing games like Guess Who that could be done at a distance. With 95% of my time spent in my room, I was able to do some work, way too much Netflix, but I did get into God's word and draw closer to the Lord than I ever had before. I recently heard an analogy of comparing the coronavirus shutdown as God's way of stopping the hamster wheel of life so that we can get off and get back to what's actually essential. And I feel like for me, the essentials were spending time in God's word, spending time with my family, even though it was at a distance, and just having food in the house for them to eat. My office wanted me to have a negative test before returning to work. So I scheduled weekly COVID tests every Friday. The kids would look forward to my test days because they were so hopeful that the next day we would get to do knockover hugs, but they were disappointed four times. I had a total of five positive COVID tests, including the very first one. We have been praying each night that mommy would get a negative test. The kid's faith was tested. God put Romans 8.28 on my heart to share with them. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We talked about how God knows what's best for us and that he can see the bigger picture even though we only see a small bit of what he's doing. But we can be patient and rest assured that all will work out and we will be blessed by it. It was not until this past Friday, July 24th, that I finally tested negative. After six and a half weeks, I finally passed the test. (laughs) My takeaway is I think the experience was a blessing because our family's hamster wheel can get exhausting. I was feeling weary and burdened and God gave me rest. I was able to be still and know that God is God and that he's got us in the palm of his hand.
0: Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine, and I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh. The rending, reckless love of God. Yeah, yeah. Let's stand together. When I was your foe, steal your love from me. You have been so so good to me. When I felt the words, you paid it all for me. You have been so so kind. Celebrate His love. Oh, it chases me down five still. I'm leaves I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. Oh, there's no shadow you won't light up. Mouth, you won't climb up. Coming after me. No wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. One more time. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. earn it, I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away
3: We uh, continue our series in the Psalms called Survival Songs. Uh, we're going to study the most familiar song, I think, of all, and that's Psalm 23. And I think one of the reasons we like Psalm 23, that uh, we connect with it, is it is so personal. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So it connects us individually, personally, with the Almighty God. David, of course, wrote this song. Before becoming king of Israel, he was a shepherd. As a young man, he had the job of caring for the family flock. He led those sheep to pasture. He watched over them. He protected them from predators. He treated their wounds. And at some point in his life, we don't know exactly when, but at some point in his life, David realized by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Lord is my shepherd. The way I cared for those sheep, he cares for me. Jehovah, the God of all gods, watches over me. The creator and sustainer of the universe acts for my good, my benefit. Now, even though most of us have never owned sheep, I think these words resonate deeply in our hearts and minds. And, and I, this morning, cannot begin to do justice to this incredibly rich passage of Scripture. Uh, but, but there's something that I want you to see today. I, I, I want us to see this from the perspective that this is a survival song that we need, that you need, that I need Today, for uh, about nine years, we lived in the in the Cumberland Valley, and we enjoyed the valley. Uh, there there's some benefit to it, some beauty in it. Um, we we had the uh, I, unfortunately I don't have pictures from our uh, dining area where we could look out in our house. Uh, Across the valley to the mountains in the distance, um, and it it was a beautiful sight here the the, the Cumberland Gap uh, looking out across the valley to the other side, and and so you could see the the the, the fertile farmland of the valley, and uh, those mountains in the distance which were blanketed in green through the Spring and summer, and ablaze with color in the fall, and covered with snow in the winter. And, and that fertile farmland in between, the, 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 the valley uh, intersected with rivers and, and streams throughout. What Amy appreciated the most, and probably misses the most, are the, the gorgeous sunsets that uh, could view in particular. Now, the valley, very nice. That was, I would say, our experience. The valley's nice. To go anywhere, you have to climb over some mountains to get out. So, of course, the valley, by definition, is surrounded by mountains. And the Appalachians and the Adirondacks were the mountains that circled that valley, as well as some others. So, when we traveled north, one of one of the mountains we had to go over was the Blue Mountain. When we traveled south, when we especially had family south of us, we had to go over the aptly named South Mountain. When we went west, so our both of our girls lived west of us for some time and then Other reasons we had to go west. We had to go most frequently over the Tuscarora Mountain. And and that was kind of a challenge. Not the best road. It was Route 30, famous Lincoln Highway. But it would wind its way up that mountain and then back down. And it was dangerous, good weather or not. It was dangerous. And more than once, I had to pull over to the side for a family member who didn't feel well and once for a dog that didn't feel well. But to, to get out of the valley, you have to go over the mountain. Now, there are a lot of upsides to the valley. There are some downsides, too. I, just simply, it gets dark sooner in the valley. The fog settles in the valley. The cold Settles in the valley. Flooding is more likely in the valley. And, and I think I've I mean, tested this, but it seems psychologically and, and metaphorically, we, we tend to speak of valleys as negative and mountains as positive. Metaphorically, anyway. I had a mountaintop experience. I've been to the mountain. I've seen the vision of the future. I'm in the valley right now. I'm in a low point right now. Well, the Bible presents valleys in both a positive and a a negative way. The uh, Dictionary of Biblical Imagery uh, says these three different aspects of a valley that are in the Bible fertility certainly we see that that's fertile land there that's pasture land it's it's easy to farm and and the the, the soil is rich in nutrients. But the Bible also presents it as the place of warfare and a place of judgment. The valley is. It's where wars happen. Battles occur on the, on the flatlands. And, and that's where you confront enemies and, and you face conflict. And, and the Bible also presents this, the valley as a place of judgment, and particularly for idolatry. Now, I say all of this about a valley because I want you to understand that in Psalm 23, it's describing a valley experience and and talking about, yes, there's some good part of that, but there's also some negativity to it. And we need to appreciate that today in, in terms of how God gives us a survival song in the midst of our valley. This song shows us how to survive and what we need to know. So it begins this way, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Ken Ulmer says, God knows there's a sheep in me. There's something about my sheepness that that would cause me to trot right on by those green pastures. So I I need the shepherd's care because of my inherent sheepness. And God takes action so I won't miss the place of refreshment. In my sheepness, I tend to avoid what's best and, and, and miss... What's good? And and choose unwisely. I I bypass the the, the lush grazing places and the thirst-quenching springs. and, And so the Lord is perfectly willing and able to make me lie down in green pastures. So he, he puts me in situation. Now, the shepherd takes the sheep there. He can't force the sheep to eat, but makes him in that place to lie down, to, to be in that situation. And God does that to me. He puts me in that situation where I have the opportunity to either trust him or to go my own way, to, to, to follow the shepherd and do what he points out to do, or do my own thing. So the Lord takes action for my good, it says here. Left on my own, my, my sheepness bursts forth unexpected. ba <laughs> Comes out. That, that's that's me. my tiny sheep brain and, and my jumpy sheep legs are, are going off in their own direction so frequently and, and will run past the blessing of God. My ambition, my stress level, my my tunnel vision can propel me past the pasture. God, as the good shepherd, makes me lie down. That's what, because of my sheepness, he gets me to the place of refreshment for an opportunity to recharge. Now look at verse 3 here. Here's what he does. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So the shepherd works to impact my soul. I want you to think about what that is. The Hebrew word is nefesh, which which means the core of who I am. I I wrote about this in my book Soul Food, about what the soul is in both Old Testament and New Testament. And and this concept, I, I refer to it as the real you. It's the totality of, of who you are. Uh, it's the center of your life, both in this world and beyond. And the intent of the shepherd is to restore that. So, so the shepherd is, is, is working to bring me back to who he created me to be and where he called me to go. That, that's what this verse is telling us that the shepherd is doing. Uh, taking me where he called me to go bringing me back to who he created me to be so what the shepherd wants to do he wants to refresh you in the midst of dryness he wants to deliver you in temptation and save you in trouble because in my sheepness i take the wrong road and the shepherd keeps leading me in the right destination he points me in the best way the direction of righteousness Now if the shepherd is leading, you can endure whatever you're facing, whatever you meet. And the shepherd's not created you to to seclude yourself in secret. Even in this corrupt culture, this divided country, there is a path of righteousness, and the shepherd is leading you in that direction, leading you forward. And parts of that road are rough, but we must walk it. Here's the promise that comes along with that. Verse 4, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. So, along with the times that the shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures, he allows me to travel the valley of the shadow of death. Now, notice it's not death, it's the shadow of death. And so therefore, uh, that is, whatever is in your life, that time of uncertainty, of complexity, of anxiety, it's any dark place that you're experiencing in your life. Any time uh, of pain that you have to endure. It might be a great disappointment. It might be a feeling of overwhelming responsibility. It It might be an exhaustion due to your circumstances. Whatever it is that makes you feel the shadow of death. And notice... It's the valley of the shadow of death. That is this place surrounded by mountains. And when you're going through a valley, what that means is that you've you come from one mountaintop down into the valley, and you're headed up toward the other. You're on your way to another. And in between is this low point of discouragement, of darkness. The good things in the valley, yes, but the image here is this period of of darkness and difficulty in between the mountains and in in the valley you can easily forget the mountain of the past and you haven't yet reached the mountain of the future and your experience today is darkened with shadows and the key is not to stop there because notice the song doesn't say i'm walking in the valley it says i'm walking through the valley See, the shepherd leads me through the valley. Your journey's not complete. And since the shepherd is leading you, you must keep going so that you can get to the other side. Uh, Even in the valley, the shepherd is always there. That's the promise here. Yahweh is with me. The self-existent God is present with me in the valley. And that's comforting. But the psalm says what I'm comforted by not only is the shepherd there, there, I don't have to fear, but I'm comforted by what the shepherd holds. What does he hold? His rod and staff. Now there's this Hebrew parallelism in poetry where things are mentioned slightly differently as a point of emphasis. And, and, and I think for years I thought, well, that's probably what this is. But that's not what this is. The rod and the staff are two completely different things. Uh, So the rod is, uh, uh, Shabet is an offensive weapon. The staff, uh, Mishina, is a corrective tool. So here's what happens, that the rod is a club used to fend off Wild animals, the predators that threaten the sheep. It's an offensive weapon. The staff is what the shepherd uses to guide the sheep. Uh, With the hook on the end, he pulls them uh, from where they shouldn't be or where they're stuck. Uh, He prods them back into line. He guides them with that staff. So the shepherd is telling us, uh, is on the offensive, uh, chasing away the enemy, and he's on defense, keeping. The sheep on track. And so here's what I need to understand, that the, the, the shepherd is protecting me. He's at work protecting me, and he's at work correcting me. And so when I understand this concept of what the shepherd is doing, that's where my comfort comes from. He, he takes action in my defense, and he takes action in my guidance. So notice verse 5. You prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows Now uh, listen the, the flow of this text implies to us that God does something unique in the valley. Now again, I want to say that there's some positive things happen in the valley, but primarily the image here is the valley is that difficult time, that dark time that 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 low point and, and This text tells us that the shepherd does something unique in that valley time in your life, in my life. That even with the shadows lurking around me, God brings something into my life. And this is the central part of this song, I believe. And if you miss this, you miss what God wants to say to you and do in your life today. This is the central part of it. So, here it is. When I'm in the valley, between the mountains... God moves. When I'm in the valley, in between decisions, God moves. I'm in the valley in the midst of depression, in the midst of confrontation, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of failures, in the midst of discouragement, and God moves. What does he do? He prepares a table before me. Before me. In other words, there's blessing in the valley. The shepherd is hosting a banquet, and he puts it in front of me. Now, let see, I celebrated a, a few birthdays with my wife, um, Amy. Uh, some years ago, I, both girls, I think the, um, the girls were little. I, we, we did not have a lot of, of money, um, and so we didn't very often go out to eat anywhere. But uh, as a part of her birthday, I thought, well, I, I'd like to take Amy out to dinner, the family out to dinner and celebrate that. And where should we go? That's the, that's the challenge. And I, I kind of, for some reason, wanted to surprise her in that, it's kind of a, a special thing anyway. And, and so I uh, chose, I got this idea somehow or other, uh, th- there's this place, I won't mention it, but you'll know, uh, where the chef prepares the food in front of you, Right? And Amy likes Asian food, hint, hint. so uh, that, that so I thought this would be cool. I mean, the kind of dinner and a show, all in one, right? The, you Can watch. The, and so, uh, so we drove up to this place and and uh, went in and and uh, had our our meal. And then you know the the chef is throwing shrimp and doing all kinds of things. And there's some things he's making. I have no idea what that is, but but he's preparing it all right in front of us. And uh, we had the meal. It was, all, it was all right. I thought, you know, this is fine. Uh, I hope Amy liked it. It's like it costs at least two or three weeks worth of groceries here to, on this one meal. I, t- I hope she liked it. And so eventually I, I was like, was that okay, honey? And she said these immoral words that I have lived by ever since. Any meal I don't have to cook is wonderful. So that took the pressure off. Now, I want you to think, as that image of, of, the, of the chef preparing the meal in front of you, and you see the ingredients, you see what's being made, you, you can smell it, you, 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 you're part of that experience. How often does God work that way in what he's preparing in your life? I would say not very often. At least not in my experience. I don't always see what, what, what God is doing. I mean, how often are you, you able to watch God prepare the table? Watch him make provision, smell the blessing coming. Not usually. Most of the time, I don't see anything until I get there i don't know what god's doing i I can't see it i can't smell it i can't sense it and i'm stumbling through the valley and i'm trudging through the shadows and unable to get a glimpse of the destination but this tells me the shepherd has gone before he's gone up ahead to prepare he's prepared something in advance there's a table waiting So when I'm in the valley, discouraged, challenged, frustrated, confused, God moves. He goes to prepare. Now now notice, even though I might not see it in advance, notice who does see it. My adversaries. Those who want to take me down. Uh, Wolves lurk in the shadows. They're drooling. They're waiting for a straggler, uh, a wanderer. And right there, the Hebrew word is penayim, which is in their faces. Right in front of the enemy, God prepares this table for me. And they can't do anything about it. The enemy's there, but the shepherd wields the the rod of protection and the staff of correction. And so the sheep are safe. And the challenge, as you walk through the valley of the shadow, is not to stop there. Because the shepherd has gone before you so you need to keep going to the place where he's leading. And when you arrive, what does he do? He anoints with oil. I think that a good translation would be to revive but but it's actually a strange word that's used here of animal fat, and, uh, it, but it represents blessing and satisfaction and wholeness. So, so when you arrive where the shepherd is leading, what he's prepared for you, uh, that, that's where he anoints. There's blessing and satisfaction and wholeness. You come in deprived, discouraged, depleted, and he pours out the oil of gladness. On you. And my cup overflows, David writes. You come in dehydrated and deprived and dissatisfied, and he fills you to overflowing. Uh, he provides an abundance at that place he's prepared. So look now at the last verse of the psalm, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, you need to appreciate that goodness and mercy are attributes of God. Uh, it refers to the extreme favor of God and the loyal love of God. Enemies may be in pursuit, but goodness and mercy have got my back. Whatever hell you may experience, when you belong to the Good Shepherd, nothing can sneak up behind you without running into His goodness and mercy. Capture that image for a moment. Whatever hell is chasing you, whatever you're experiencing in that valley, nothing can sneak up behind you without running through the goodness and mercy of God. And that's true how long? Every day of your life. Every day. Now, the important part is who can claim the promises of this psalm? Well, it's those who belong to the shepherd. The sheep. Those who belong to Jesus, who identifies himself as the good shepherd. He he says, I'm the one who lays down my life for his sheep. And who are my sheep? They're the ones who've heard my voice. They know my voice. They know me. They follow after me. And I've given my life for them. And that happened as the, the Father, God the Father in his great love, sent his perfect eternal Son into this world Jesus became one of us, yet without sin. He was tempted in every way, just like us. So he understands our weaknesses, our frailties, our sheepness. But his life was spotless, perfect in every way. And despite that, he was executed by the government. His own religious leaders demanded his death. But Jesus came to die. And on that cross, the perfect Savior absorbed God's judgment against all sin. Uh, He absorbed the punishment, the wrath of God, the judgment of sin, past, present, and future was poured out on Jesus so that all who believe are washed clean, all who believe are made new, all who believe are brought into the family of God, his sons and daughters. And the good shepherd offered himself as a sacrifice for the sin of the world, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of status, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of the amount of evil in their lives. He he offered himself as a sacrifice for all who believe. And so all who receive him who come to him in humble faith are made new. Jesus takes the penalty of my sin and your sin and gives you his righteousness. He takes your brokenness, my brokenness and gives you his wholeness. And that is your eternal identity. And that's how Psalm 23 becomes reality. Secure in knowing that my life is in his hands and that I'm protected on every side. Now, so here's the image I I want you to have. I I want you to imagine, I want you to visualize the shepherd out in front. What's he doing? He's leading you in paths of righteousness. So the shepherd is in front going before. And he has the rod of protection on one side, And the staff of correction on the other side. And goodness and mercy are bringing up the rear. So so can you get that image here? What the reality is, I'm surrounded by the shepherd. Can you visualize that today? Can you understand that today? And the significance and the value that that has for your life and mine. If you know Jesus, I'm surrounded by the shepherd. He's at work restoring my soul and correcting me and providing for me. uh, Walking with me through the valley. Leading me forward. All the days of my life, with the shepherd in front, the rod in one hand, the staff in the other, and goodness and mercy following along behind, I'm protected on every side. And that means I'm coming out of this valley, whatever that valley is in your life, I'm coming out of it, this shepherd is leading me forward, and whatever I'm going through isn't over yet. No matter how dark the shadows, no matter how many enemies are gathered, I'm surrounded by the shepherd. And remember, the psalm doesn't end in the valley. The shepherd is leading, goodness and mercy following. I'm going somewhere. My final destination is the house of the Lord. And as long as I follow the shepherd, his goodness and mercy trotting along behind, they've got my back in life's journey. When you feel beaten down, when you feel forgotten when you feel threatened, when you feel overwhelmed, the shepherd is there he won't leave you in the dark valley, he's so committed to you that he will lead you all the way home and the shepherd's love is so great that he prepared a table for you and we have the privilege this morning of celebrating and remembering a table that he has made with the bread and with the cup as we remember the Lord's death until he comes. And so I invite you now to take the elements that uh, were provided on the way in and prepare to remember the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep. Can you appreciate that this table, the table of the Lord that we are called as God's people to remember the Lord at, That this table was set not only long before our day. The scriptures tell us that he is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Oh, it happened in time and space, in a specific event in history. But it was so certain, it was so much part of God's plan. it it, it, It can be spoken of as an event that happened before time began. That's how much God loves you. That's how great the shepherd's care is for you. That with the sacrifice of Jesus, his body bearing the weight of your sin, his blood spilled out for your forgiveness. That's how much he cares. So with these elements, Jesus said, remember me. Eat and drink until the day we do this a fresh and anew together in my Father's kingdom. And so, as Jesus said to his disciples that night, so he says to those who follow him today, the shepherd loves you so much that he laid down his life for you. And with that bread, we remember him. Take and eat and give thanks. With the cup, the emblem of his shed blood. He said, Drink this, all of you, in remembrance of me. God our Father, we thank you for your great love that expressed itself in this very real way. Jesus, we thank you for your obedience even to the point of death on the cross. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us now guaranteeing who we are that we belong to the shepherd who has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies and we declare your victory now even through the valley of the shadow of death we pray this in the precious name of our savior amen
4: the lord is my shepherd i shall not want He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness, for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving-kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
0: Can we stand together in response to our loving Lord? Let's lift our praise to him. Can we sing it? All the way my Savior leads me Who have I to ask beside? Could I doubt His tender mercy Who through life has been my guide All the way my Savior leads me And cheers each winding path I tread Gives me grace for every trial. And feeds me with the living breath. You leave me and keep me from falling. You carry me close to your heart as you. of his love, all oh, the sureness of his promise, in the triumph of his blood, when my spirit clothed him more. Jesus fly to ends of day. This my song through endless ages. Jesus led me all the way. Say that again. Jesus led me all.
3: Give you a benediction in a moment. Um, ask you to do something the disciples did not have to do, and that as you leave today, would you take your cup and drop it in the receptacle by the door? As you leave, that would be a great help uh, for us as we set forth the next service. Uh, but receive this word from the Lord. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Go in peace.